Hey, podcast listeners, this is Todd Finley, the founder of HBCU Grad. On this episode, I'm talking to Rock T. Rock T is on the Ricky Smiley Morning Show. He's been a host of a multitude of things. Um, he also played professional baseball uh, right out of uh, college. So a uh, very dynamic interview, very dynamic guy, very, a lot of great energy, really upbeat. So I think you're really going to enjoy this. What they're working on now is a virtual homecoming and like a step show stomp wars type of thing. So he talks about that. He talks about his life. He talks about media, he talks about TV, he talks about radio. So I really think you're going to get a lot out of this interview. Hope you do. All right. Rock T. What's up, big dog? It's our first time talking. I want to know your whole story. Oh, man. How much time we got? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now, where are you from? Born in Detroit, raised in Dallas. Okay. So how long were you in Detroit? Man, I was there just as an elementary kid. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Elementary school years. Then uh, my mom's job transferred her from, da- uh, from, de- from Detroit to Dallas. And okay. that's uh, been in D-Town ever since, man. So big you know, but, but you know, the Dallas and Detroit, they go at it. They say Lil D and Big D. Mm-hmm. No, it's crazy because once we got to Detroit and as I got older, like when I became a young adult, man, I was like running into so many people that was from Detroit. And there's like a there's like a group in Dallas Fort Worth called the Detroiters. <laughs> and it's like it's like thousands of people that's from Detroit, man. So uh, it, it was kind of dope. Kind of dope. Why, why is that? Why is there so many people from Detroit and Dallas? I think um, if, if I was to guess. Um, outside of the automobile industry for so long, mm-hmm. you know, if you was living in Detroit, there really, there really wasn't nothing there to to um to really benefit from. You know what I'm saying? If you didn't work for the automobile industry, so I think people just kind of moved, you know, to different places to try to find more opportunity, and raise their families, and so on and so forth. And Texas, I guess, was one of the hot spots. You know, right, right, makes really. sense, makes yes, sense. Sir. So what was so what was your childhood like? Like what what was Rock T like as a as let's say as a 12, 13 year old when you were really starting to come into your own? Man, I was a dreamer, bro. I was all I've always been a dreamer. If you asked if you asked the 11, 12 year old kid of Rock T, what is it that you wanted to do when I grew up? You know, I had two goals in life. Goal number one, I want to be a professional baseball player. And goal mm-hmm. number two, I wanted to be a radio DJ. Those mm-hmm. were like my two. Goals. I was a kid walking around with headphones on, not even listening to music. I just, I was, I was trying to pretend like I was already a DJ. I didn't listen to the music. I didn't listen to the radio for the music. I couldn't wait for the DJ to come on and start talking so I can mimic him and mock him and try to be him. So right. that was me. But I've always loved sports. Uh, that was just one thing that you know, having an older brother who played sports, he kind of kept me in it and it kept me out of trouble. You know, and. Um, uh, so between those two things, man, that was that was just my vision. Right now, as time went on, did you become a better sports or better athlete than your brother, older brother? Because I know coming up, you always I mean, be better. You it depends on what sport. Baseball, my brother is definitely a better baseball player than I am. You know, I, I was faster. And you know, we both had strong arms, but he was he was he was by far a better hitter than I was. Okay. Like he, he was a natural hitter. I had to work hard to be a good hitter. Okay. Um, football, I got him. I got him all day football. 
basketball, I got him in basketball. And track and field, I got him in track and field. But baseball, he, he got. Okay. Okay. Now, Absolutely. You, went, you went pro in baseball, didn't you? Absolutely. I had an opportunity to play a little professional baseball with the New York Mets. That's a crazy story, man. So, like, when I was in high school, I was a senior in high school on the, uh, uh, you know, of course, I'm on the varsity baseball team, but I wasn't, I wasn't playing much. I'm a senior, <laughs> you know, and I wasn't playing with my friend. Yo, so I go talk to my coach. and I'm like, Hey, coach, man, how can I, you know, get on the field more? You know, I'm, I'm a senior, you know, this and that. And I'm, how can I play more? And my coach sat me down and was like, sit down, son. Tell me, tell me, tell me what you want to do when you, um, when you, when you graduate high school and, and uh, go to college and all that. He goes, I said, I want to be a professional baseball player. And then he goes, well, what else you want to do after that? I said, I want to be a radio DJ. He says, all right, son, you keep on practicing being the best radio DJ that you can because you're not going to be a professional baseball player. Wow. I was like, yo, you're supposed to be telling me, like, man, you work hard and be the first one to the field, last one to leave, all that kind of motivational stuff. I'm like, yo, really? So <laughs> what I did at that moment, my dad always taught me, listen, you are the reason that you either succeed or fail in life. You can't blame your surroundings. You can't blame everybody around you. It's up to you. So I took that as motivation. So I, I was asking him, I said, okay, what do I need to work on? Talk, talking to my coach. He said, well, your arm, at the time, your arm wasn't that strong. You wasn't that fast. I, I've always been kind of quick, but I just didn't okay. have that runaway speed. And, right. um, and you're not a good hitter. So what I did, I went to the football field, and I just started – I got, I got a bucket of baseballs, and I would get at the goal line, and I would just throw the ball as hard as I could, a whole bucket of balls all the way down the field. My goal was to be able to throw the full length of the 100-yard football field one day. And after about three or four months of doing this, I was able to throw the baseball 110 yards. So now wow. you can't tell me my arm wasn't strong enough. Wow. Uh, that same football field. Man, I used to get up and run sprints. I used to run 100-yard sprints from goal line to goal line. I'll run a sprint, then I'll turn around and jog back. I'll run a sprint, turn around and jog back. I wouldn't even walk. I did it till I passed out, just dead tired. Because you ain't going to tell me that I ain't fast enough. Then I used to right. go to cages to hit. I used to just hit to my – so I had blisters all on my hands. And, you know, because after my batting gloves ripped, I couldn't really afford, you know, to keep getting batting gloves. And – um, I started running out of money a lot. I just wanted to hit so much to improve my hitting, but I kept running out of money. So I started picking up odd end jobs. I was I was shining shoes at the and, and sweeping up hair at the barber shop. I was picking up cans. I even went to the uh, batting cage that I used to hit at and asked the manager for a job, but they told me no. They wasn't hiring. I said, "Man, you ain't got to pay me nothing. Just let me just let me hit." And they were like, "They're like, so you gonna mean tell me you are gonna work forty hours a week?" And all you want to do is just hit. I said, that's all I want to do. I'll work for you. Let me hit as, as long as I want after work and before work. So you ain't going to tell me that I'm not going to be a good hitter. So that's what I did. Long story short, fast forward, I got an opportunity to play uh, uh, college baseball. I got to earn the baseball scholarship to go to UTA, University of Texas at Arlington. Um, mm -hmm. Well, first I went to Ranger Junior College. Then I went to the University of Texas at Arlington, and I was drafted by the New York Mets out of UTA. Now, what was that like being drafted? Man, that was something that I'll never forget, man. When you get that phone call and it's like, hey, Rock. I'm like, yeah, how you doing? This is so-and-so from the New York Mets organization. I'm like, get out of here. So now you're thinking that your friends are pranking you and stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
Now when we selected you and you're gonna be playing for the wrestling, blah 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 blah. And I was like, yo, I started running around the house. Yo, mom, dad, yo, I called my brother. I said, yo, bro, I got drafted. Yo, so it, it was it was a, it was a blessing, man. It was it was a it was a phenomenal feeling. I never will forget it. Wow, how did it feel to get that first check? Oh man, well coming up in baseball, it's a little bit different because you're coming up through the minor league system, right? So you know when you sign your first professional contract, you get a bonus. Okay, the bonus is mm-hmm. okay, so you, you got that money, but then as far as the month to month stuff coming through the minor leagues, you really don't get paid too much as a minor league. Okay, but, but but you've gotten a good bonus from being from being drafted that you know you're still good. But even if those checks wasn't that big in the minor leagues, it still was it still was a beautiful thing because yo, this is a professional baseball check that I'm getting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I was proud, all of us. Everybody got a chance to play professional baseball or professional ball on any level. It's, it's a proud moment. Right. Now, who did you bump into that you always wanted to bump into from, from, a, from a baseball perspective that you were like, wow, I'm really here? Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. Did he have Ken- his hat on backwards like you got on? You know it, bro. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> that's, just, that's what us baseball players do. Turn the hat Right. Ken Griffey Jr., uh, David Justice was another one. Right. Um, got a chance to meet uh, Eric Davis. Uh, okay. One person, my, one of like my favorite baseball player of all time, I never did get a chance to meet was Ricky Henderson. Uh, you know, anything about baseball back in the day, Google Ricky Henderson, one of the best to ever play. Ricky uh, was man. Oh, come on, man. So I, I, I tried to pattern my game after him. Right. Right. You know, when you look at Ricky, he he almost looks like the only person that can break a bat over his thigh, just like how Bo Jackson did. Did you ever try to break a bat over your thigh? No, sir. No, I remember sir. I tried to do it. I said, whoa, wait, Bo Jackson is making this look that easy? I've never tried it, but I know for a fact it's hard. And we've had, I played with dudes that's like twice my size. They couldn't do it. Yeah. You know, Bo Jackson did it like a toothpick. Right, it was just a toothpick. Like, wow, you know, <laughs> that's amazing. So, when did you when did you transfer to radio? After my baseball career, um, I just said, you know what? Now it's time to transition, and I went to the number one radio station in Dallas Fort Worth at the time, which was K one hundred four FM. And everybody, everybody up to that moment was telling me, "Rock, you're never going to get your first radio gig in a top." five market like Dallas Fort Worth. You got to go to a smaller city, mm-hmm. learn the ropes, improve your skills, and then move to a bigger city to try to get that big radio job. Right. But I'm like, well that's your dream. That's your path. <laughs> right. I want to learn from the best. So I'm going to the best. All they can do is tell me no. You know? Yeah. So I went to I went to the radio station and they told me no. <laughs> they told me no five times. And uh the sixth time I walked in and he was laughing at me. I was like, listen, you ain't even got to pay me. Yeah. And um, I said, I work free. Same thing back with the batting cage situation. I said, I work free. And they was laughing like, man, this kid, he hungry. But, you know, is he serious? Same thing. So uh, I, I just want to get my foot in the door. I said, I'm going to prove to you that I'm going to be a valuable asset to this company one day. So make a long story short, they said yes. So I was working 40 hours a week at this radio station. I was on the I was going out with the street team. I was in the programming department. I was in the promotions department. I was in the engineering department. I was doing everything in every corner of that building, learning. And what they're going to have to hire me one day. I did that for one year. 
my first year in radio. A lot of people didn't know this until I started sharing this story. My first year in radio, I worked free, didn't get paid a dime, 40 hours a week for this company. So, you know, you probably going to ask, well, how was you able to pay your bills and take care of your financial responsibilities? I took the money that I saved from playing baseball and I started my own baseball academy for kids. So I was doing that on the weekend. Uh, so a position became available and they was forced to hire me. I kind of created my own my own position. They, you know, they hired me. So that's that kicked off my radio career. You know, that's one of my biggest thesis. I, I'm glad that you're saying that I really believe working for free is how you get there. I believe you work for free, but you try to get to the closest person to the biggest person that you can get close to. So if you want to sell online, you probably want to get as close to Jeff Bezos as possible. Probably can't. But you want to get as close to the t- to the sun. I call it getting close to the sun. So I'm glad you I'm glad you spoke on that because I truly believe in working for free. And we posted something yesterday and it was like drop your cash app on our Instagram. And it got two or three thousand comments, the most comments we've ever had on a post. And do you worry sometimes that this generation doesn't believe in working for free? They want things for free. Yeah, a lot of people feel entitled. They feel like they have to be given everything. and They don't want to work for it. Um, listen, you know, you're, you're never going to achieve greatness if you don't work, if you're not willing to work for it. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a one to two percent of people out there that's kind of spoon fed. You know, they're born into a lot of money and their parents that set their whole life up from day one. And OK, cool. Good, good for them. But for the most part, you know, we got to work for it and um, you got to be willing to sacrifice. And if you can't sacrifice some things, then. You're going to always blame other people. You're going to always point the finger. And when you point that finger, what? You got you got three more pointing back at you. So you got you to, like Michael Jackson says, man, it's the man in the mirror. Look at what can you do? How can you improve, improve yourself? Like you just mentioned Jeff Bezos. You may not be able to touch Jeff. You may not be able to talk to Jeff on the phone, but you can read his book. You can watch a video. Exactly. You, know, you can learn kind of what he did, and then you apply some of that to what you're trying to do. Is it going to be easy all the time? Absolutely not. But you don't want easy. You want to go into the land of difficult sometimes because that's where there's not a lot of competition. You know what I'm saying? You got to go off that beaten path. Everybody's walking down the same path like robots. And go off the beaten path and see what's out there. And you never know what you may discover about yourself. That's so true. Now, if let's say someone's in college and they want to be in radio. What type of skills should they be developing? How should they be networking? What makes a good radio person? Well, if you're trying to be on the air, it's all about personality. It's, yeah. it's, it's not rocket science. Uh, rocket mm-hmm. science. It's just have personality and just have fun. You know, don't get me wrong. Back in the day in old school radio, you know, hey, this is rocket. You're on. Nowadays, man, it's, it's all about personality. That's why reality shows are a hit now. Yeah. Because they find big personalities yeah. and they put the camera in front of them and just tell them just to go. Yeah. And uh, it wins. So that's, that's what radio as far as on the air. Now, if you just want to be in the radio business and you want to be behind the scenes and be in marketing or, or sales or um, promotions or something like that, that's just learning the craft of each of those. If you want to be a marketing person in radio, then you got to learn marketing. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of books out there. There's a lot of YouTube videos out there. Um one book that I would definitely suggest everybody read is How to Win Friends and Influence People. Because if you can learn how to influence people to see your way of thinking by giving them what they want, yeah, home run every time you open so many doors. 
Right. Now, have you always had this energy? Because, you know, me and the wife, we listen to we listen to the Ricky Smiley show. Mm-hmm. And you always you never down. Mm-hmm. You never say, damn, Rock T sound like he was out to four or five in the morning. He came right to work. Mm-hmm. You always seem positive. Have you always been like that? Man, my whole life. Okay. Everybody, everybody thinks it's funny because when people meet me in real life, they're not they're they're not thinking I'm gonna be the same as I am on the ra- on the radio. And I'm always mm-hmm. the same. This is me. I'm 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 hype, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just something about I appreciate life and yeah. I, yeah. I love people. So I try to be I'm always trying to inspire people. Just if you come, if you're in the room with me, I want to make sure before you leave there that you feel better about yourself. Even if it's right. just just chopping it up, cracking jokes, having fun, just talking. But positive energy is everything and it's contagious. Yeah. So why am I going to bring negative energy on other people? Why am I even going to bring it into my own life? All right. All right. Yeah. So this is me, man. I mean, I'm always I'm always up. Uh, that's why my motto is no excuses, get it done. You know, stop yeah. making excuses on why you can't succeed and find solutions on how you can, period. And if you right. if you can't do that with others, then you need to find another group of circle of people to, to help you with that. Yes, sir. Now you have experience with TV and radio. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between TV and radio? A camera. Okay. That's the only difference. That's it. And it's crazy because sometimes you can be flawless in radio. Because can't nobody see you. Yeah. If you, make, if you make a mistake or mess up, okay, they might have heard your mistake, but they can't see you. So you're not really embarrassed, embarrassed. With right. television, it's like, yo, you make a mistake on television, it's like you out there. <laughs> so yeah. um, but that's really the only difference, man. You know, just you gotta pretend that the camera's really not there. Right. Right. It, it's not there. And if you can, if you if you can if you can master that point, then you'll be okay. Television. Right. Now, what do you think lasts longer? Because just like you were saying, like the old school radios be like Bobby Rush, and, you know, and people remember, you know, it almost goes into that phonological loop and you can remember radio. And then sometimes you can see someone on TV, but see them in person and won't even recognize them. What do you what sticks longer? Is it voice or is it or is it visual radio? Despite everything that's going on with visual now, including social media. Most people are on their phones now than anything. They, they're on social media more than listening to the radio, more than they watch TV. Right. But radio is still a monster. It is. Traveling in their cars, commuting and stuff, and it's still the cornerstone of the community. You know, mm-hmm. so it's, I mean, don't get me wrong, man. Television is strong. Movies are strong. Radio is is, is still a beast, though, man. Just think about it. Steve Harvey is still in, is still in radio out of all the jobs he has in television. Ryan Seacrest is still in radio out of all the jobs he has in television. Nick Cannon jumped on radio, you know? I mean, so radio, look, look how long time Joyner did, you know? So yeah. it's not going anywhere, man. So I, I would have to say probably radio will probably out-sprint everybody for as far as for a marathon. Right. Now, now are you a podcast? Do you do a podcast? Yeah, my wife and I do a podcast. It's called the Perfect Pair Podcast. The Perfect Pair Podcast. Yeah, we pretty much just share our experiences about how we get along as a couple, as a husband and wife, as best friends. Mm-hmm. It's not always easy, but we, we, right. just, we share our stories and we just hope that it can inspire others to to kind of um, help them out as well. But it's pretty funny though. My wife is my wife is a character. You think I'm hype? You are. Listen to one episode of the Perfect Pair Podcast, and I promise you. You're gonna be hooked, not right. for me, because of her. 
All right. The perfect pair podcast. So you guys probably are the perfect pair. You guys both have that same energy. Man, we're far from perfect, but like we always say on a podcast, we're perfect for each other. Yeah. And, and we've learned how to have a perfect, non-perfect marriage. Right. right. Have you guys passed that on to your kids? Are your, do your kids have the same energy? I don't oh, know. man. It's funny because our, our two daughters have a lot of energy. Our son has a lot of energy, active energy, but he's more laid back when he's talking. Ah, he's right. more laid back. He's quiet. You got to tell him, what? Speak up. Speak up. Right? <laughs> So he's got a lot of energy running around, but when he's talking, he's like, man, you got to really like, what'd you say, man? Right. How has, how has been being a family man helped you in your career? Oh man. Um, just appreciating when you appreciate your family, you put your family first, it makes your career a lot more pleasant. It, it makes it a lot. You enjoy going to work every day. You enjoy it. It don't even, it don't even feel like work because you can't wait to get home to your family because right. you, know, you love your family. Like, I'm only speaking for myself, but even, even during, even when me and my wife are arguing, I'm, I'm still happy. I'm still, like, I still can't wait to get home. You know what I'm saying? And right. it, it's all about setting that foundation. And, um, you know, I tell people all the time, home, home is all, I mean, family is always first. You know what right. I'm saying, and and if you can if you can have a great positive foundation at home, then everything that you do after that, including your career, is gonna be beautiful. Yeah, and it cuts out all the noise. You don't have to worry about you know a lot of things when you have that that rock solid foundation. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. Now I want to switch gears a little bit, and you know we've gone through we've been going through COVID and everything. Mm-hmm. And you've been the host of some step, a lot of step shows and different things like that. Do you think we can recreate them virtually? Hey, yeah, man. It's funny that you say that because we're about to do do something similar. Um, my, my event that I do every year is called Stomp Wars, and it's uh, 14 years in the making. And you know, I created it to provide a positive platform for our youth and um, and give them. Um, a, a career pathway or an educational collegiate pathway uh, through the art of stepping. So we use stepping as a positive extracurricular activity to keep the kids in school, to keep them active and keep them motivated. And because of that, their grades are going to increase because we have a no pass, no play, uh, no participate. Their, their, um, their social emotional well-being is going to improve because they're part of a positive team. They're part, part of a positive organization and they're leaning on each other to win and be and be be positive individuals and mentors for each other. Uh, so, you know, that all led to what we're about to get ready to do because of COVID-19 by shutting every, all the live events down, that we can't do our live events that we normally do every year, to, to now do a, um, a virtual celebration for our culture. This is the perfect time to celebrate our African-American performing art culture and a lot of that happens on our HBCUs. So uh, March, to, I'm sorry, September 29th through October 24th, we're launching our Stomp Wars HBCU know virtual homecoming experience because I will, our HBCUs are not gonna be able to have their traditional homecomings. Like you say, I'm one of the guys at this time of year, I'm always going to host the tailgates and a lot of homecomings and I'm, I'm speaking at a lot of HBCUs we're not able to do that now. So it's going to be a virtual celebration. So we're going to highlight 
many of the marching bands, the HBCU marching bands, the, the HBCU cheerleading squads, the HBCU majorettes. Uh, there's going to be a stepping component for the, the Greek Divine Nine organizations. So it is not, it's not a competition. It's just a highlight and a showcase. And we're going to put a spotlight on there and just let them know, one, we appreciate you. And we want to share this to the rest of the world if you're not already aware of, of our Black excellence. Right. It makes sense. It makes sense. Now, who are you working with in doing this? Because when you have something where you put a when you have something that big and you put something virtually together, even when you do it in person, you have a lot of different entities working together. Who are who are your partners and and how do you work that together? Because I'm trying to bring value to the audience if they want to do, you know, different events virtually. You want to find those partners that you have like um, like-minded goals. You have alignment with each other. So Thurgood Marshall College Fund is one of our partners. Um, uh, a lot of influencers like yourself, you know, it's, 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 uh, we have a lot of HBCU African-American performing art type influencers on social media that's, uh, that's jumping on board and say, hey man, this is a beautiful story that you're going to be telling for our culture. Count me in. Uh, so just, just finding those like-minded individuals and organizations that that align with your ultimate goal, your mission and your vision. And then once you bring all those people together, now it's like, okay, what are you going to do? Okay. You're, you're an expert at this. So be an expert at that. You're an expert at this, be an expert at that. We're an expert at what we do. We're going to be an expert at what we do. Everybody stays in their lane and they perfect that. At the end of the day, it's, 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 it's going to be a phenomenal, um, phenomenal results. So absolutely. Now, if a step team wants to be a part of that, how can they be a part of that? Absolutely. Step teams, bands, cheerleaders, majorette teams, just go to stompwars.com. Stompwars.com. All the information is right there. It's, 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 like I said, it's not a competition. Well, the youth stepping division is some sort of a competition because that's kind of where Stomp Wars generated. But everything from the HBCU perspective is, is, is just a specific celebration for them. Um, so stompwars.com is the website and you can just register, click on whichever division you want and you submit a video. Everything is virtual. And it's okay. so, so you can present a video from last year. Okay. Because everybody is not on the yard this year. Everybody, there's, there's a lot of online classes. People are still at home. The, all the bands aren't on campus yet, all the children. So we're going to allow these organizations to submit video footage from last year's performances. And um, it's real simple. It's real easy. And uh, we're going to have a good time with it. Everybody's getting excited about it. Right. Nice. Now I'm going to ask some kind of selfish questions. I want to kind of get behind the scenes of the Ricky Smiley show a little bit. Okay. What's the preparation like and how much goes into it? Because I know the listener probably doesn't know that it's 24 hours. There's so much that goes into preparing for a show. And doing something five days a week is no joke. So give me a give me a sense of what goes into it. Well, we've been together for a little bit over 15 years now as okay. a unit. So it's our chemistry is on point. Like right now, because of COVID, we all broadcast from our homes. Like nice. everyone used to the show, Ricky's in his house, I'm in my home, and Eva's in her own, Gary's in his home, special cake. We're all in our individual homes, but you know. If you if we didn't say that on the air because we've shared that on the air, you probably wouldn't. You probably think we were still in the studio with each other. Um, yeah, 
So, it, it, but that's so that's that's part of good chemistry. But for the most part, there's a lot of show prep because people, the world is leaning on us to give them information. Right. Um, don't get me wrong; we're gonna do the jokes, we're gonna have fun, we're gonna entertain, but we also uh, have to put out information out there that that our that, that our, our people and our listeners can use. So mm-hmm. it, it's you know, like me, I do sports, so. I don't just wake up in the morning and say, "Hey, cut the mic on. Let's see what let's see what happened." And I'm gonna just tell tell you who won or lost the game. You know, I'm 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 already prepping the night before. I'm already putting my thoughts together, putting my notes together. So, okay, I know what I'm gonna talk about this story, but uh, I'm gonna also put my thoughts and my perspective on this story. And right. Eva does the same with her front page. The Brad does the same with her hot spot, and Ricky does. So we all we all show prep. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's and then even after the show. You know, we talk about the show. What, what could we have done better today? Where do we, where do we, where do we get a little sloppy at? You know, where can we improve here and there? So, um, you know, the good news is, you know, when you when you've done it for so long, we don't have to spend a lot of time on those things. Right. But, uh, but, but it's still it's still some work. Right, right. That makes sense. What about Black Tony? Is he, uh, is he from his home too? Man, Black Tony. <laughs> yeah, we don't know where Black Tony be. Like for real. <laughs> <laughs> we trying. We just trying to get him to just come to work. Like, just, <laughs> I know we in COVID now, bro, and that's just we, that, that gave him another excuse. <laughs> but I'm like, bro, like, really? Come on, man. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Do you play fantasy football? Man, I used to a lot. I haven't got on it this year yet. You know, I just got okay. a lot of stuff, man. With this with this COVID nineteen, man, it, we I just had to shift gears and, and reposition a lot of the stuff that I have going on. You know, as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, so right. we ain't had time to get on the fantasy yet. You're right. Who do you have winning the NBA title this year? Man, at first I had the Clippers. Okay. Well, man, I mean, I, I mean, the finals before the finals are going to be the Clippers and the Lakers. I mean, that's yeah. that's the finals before the finals, but that's the finals ooh, right there. That's the finals, but I mean, Miami. What they doing up there is like, yo, like, I already know you've been really <laughs> right. Uh, get back to me on that one, bro. But I, I mean, if I just had to answer right now, I think the I think the Clippers are a little bit stronger than the Lakers from top to bottom. We talk about the bench and everything. Right. Um, starting five, I'm going with the Lakers. But the whole bench throughout the whole four quarter game, over seven games. I like the Lakers. I mean, I like the Clippers or whatever. So get back to me on that because I'm still trying to figure out this Miami team. <laughs> right, right. Miami, Miami's looking good. Did you see LeBron the other night? He looked like a Superman the other night. The way he oh, was dude. throwing ball, it was unbelievable. I'm like, wait, we haven't seen this LeBron since 2016, the way he was getting down. Man, let me tell you something. Now, say whatever you want to say about LeBron's age. Dude, he is not your typical 35-year-old NBA basketball player. You know, that dude is the same way Tom Brady is defying the eyes in football. LeBron's going to do the same thing. Don't be surprised, man. Bar any serious injury, man, I can see LeBron playing that he's 45, like for real, and producing. Yeah. And producing, not just out there filling up space. I'm talking about producing. Yeah. The way he takes care of his body, all of his habits, his everything, man. If he wants to, I don't see, I don't see him playing. I see him playing until he's about at least 45. You know, because you can really see him turn into that magic role where he can go down in the post. And get you 17, 7, and 7. Mm-hmm. Easy. Easy, man. Easy. <laughs> so, but everybody, everybody's waiting to see him play versus his son in the NBA. 
Yeah, that's what everybody wants to see. Yeah, because Lil Bronny, he's going to be there. So, you know, LeBron yeah. 40, 41. You know, yeah. Bronny be coming in. So that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. I see you got a Mike Tyson uh, shirt on. Tyson or Ali? Mm, it depends which version of Ali. Oh. Because, you know, Ali had a couple different versions now. You're talking about yeah. uh, the, the, the late 70s version yeah. of mid to late 70s Ali that's one thing you know yeah. uh, but if you take it if you take the best Ali at his peak and the best Mike Tyson at his peak I got Ali okay I, Ali's going to outbox him yeah. Ali's going to frustrate Mike he's going he's he, he going to treat Mike the same way he treated George Foreman he know George Foreman if he get hit with that one blow he gone so yeah. he did a great job of playing defense and uh, and just playing around with his head. So I, I got Ali on that one. Definitely makes sense. LeBron or Jordan? Jordan. Totally so I got to explain. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. You don't have to explain. That's that's you know you know is Mike is is Mike his his competitive greatness, his ability to make everyone around him better, mm-hmm. and him not losing in the championships and the fact that he dominated on both ends. And it wasn't. And, and let's, not forget, let's not forget one ingredient. He never cried. Never. To the referees, never. the bad boys, the Pistons used to beat the crap out of him. He says, okay, I'm going to get stronger. And I'm going to come yeah. back strong. I'm going to come back better and stronger. I'm going I'm 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 to build my body up. To be able to handle all this beating up that I'm getting. Yeah. So that was a whole nother, not saying that LeBron can't do the same thing. If you put LeBron now back in that era, will he yeah. produce? Yeah, he would produce. Oh, you yeah. know. But Mike was on a whole nother level with it, man. Right. Willie Mays is the best player, correct? Best baseball player ever. Hmm. I couldn't give you a Willie Mays and somebody else because I didn't want to give you Willie Mays and Roberto Clemente. But Willie Mays, best baseball player. I I can't disagree with that, bro. I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of great baseball players. Willie Mays was a monster, though, man. Uh, yeah, I can't, I can't disagree with you on that one. Willie was Willie was sweet, sweet Willie. Yeah, because you got to think he hit for power, mm-hmm. hit for average. Great defender. Great defender. Castillo Mays. He could go to opposite field because you got to think when he went out to Candlestick Park, he had to start going the opposite way. Cold, he cold man. Still hit 660 home runs, and then then he spent two years in the service, two and a half years from 22 to 25. That's why I can't I can't disagree with you. Can, <laughs> I, there's there's a lot of other great players, but when you're talking about at the top of the food chain, Willie Mays is one of the baddest to ever do it, man. And Mike Trout is pretty tough though nowadays, isn't he? We the bets. Right. Oh, that Mookie. That Mookie. Come on. I love Mookie. They both make it so easy. Think about it. Baseball is a hard sport. Yeah. You're taking a round back and you're trying to hit a round ball coming at you at 95 plus miles an hour and moving. It's <laughs> like these guys, they make hitting look so like, yo, like in your sleep. Right. Right. Now, you wrote a book. How was that process? Man, it's pretty much just a, a, a snapshot of my story. No Excuses Get It Done is the name of the book. And it's really just, you know, I share my story of, of how to get into the right mindset to succeed in anything in life that you're trying to accomplish. 
you know, it's um, it, it's about grit and grind and eliminating excuses and just make your mind up that I'm going to do all I can do. And when I can't do no more, do more. And we, you know, we would be we were taught so much to quit early. We were taught so much to shift and change and quit when things ain't working out. Try this, try that. Nothing wrong with shifting gears. Nothing wrong with trying different ways to do things. But don't ever quit. It's never over unless you quit. So that's that's pretty much with no excuses. Get it done. And that's just the first volume of it. You know, I got a few more that I want to put out. Uh, but but that's that's what that that's what that's all about on the book, the premise. No excuses. Get it done. Rock T, we got it done. Yes, sir. Appreciate, appreciate your time. Hey, man, anytime, bro. Anytime. Thank you for your time. We're uh, we're here for you. So anything you need with Stomp Wars, we're we're here to we're here to help that as well. And, uh, you know, look forward to connecting with you, you know, as we get closer to it. Absolutely, man. StompWars.com. We love your support. Be a part of it. We're going to make history starting September 26th. Everybody, if you're a part of an HBCU, go tell a friend or tell a friend. And, uh, man, it's going to be exciting. Thank you very much, man. Appreciate you. That is. Peace, Rock T. Deuce. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. If you haven't done so already, please visit our website at hbcugraduates.com. That will let you know everything that we have going on. You can buy apparel there and then you can follow us on all our socials. So please visit our website, hbcugraduates.com, and we'll catch you on the next episode.